Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by the Mike White Knight co-host, Mozzie. <laughs> oh, what a champion. What a god. Mm-hmm. Takes the takes all the blame when his team doesn't do well, props him up when they do. It's, you know, really nice to see. It's not like any other quarterback has ever done that before. <laughs> and it's generally expected that that's kind of the... Yeah, it's really a novel game. concept. Really honestly. novel, yeah. There was one thing Gino had said. I don't remember when it was, but he, okay, Gino also is like a wonderful like quote generator. Basically, oh, at this point, oh, um, somebody he said, has... "I want to be a thumb pointer, not a finger pointer." He's like, "I gotta look at myself and you know, yeah, the blame." He had one that was like, you know, are you disappointed with how your career is gone, like being a backup and then just getting a starter position now? And he said. My career is like other people's dreams, man. Yeah. He's yeah, he's like, like my my struggle with right. someone's blessings, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Lo- love Gino and like early in the year like they wrote me off I didn't write back. <laughs> That's like the hardest fucking bar ever. <laughs> this oh. pod loves Gino. <laughs> yeah. Um speaking of bars you were talking about what you were listening to uh, before here you were listening to a Celine Dion Christmas album you said well yeah it's Christmas time she actually she just got or she just kind of came out and said she has a, a neurological disease mm-hmm. which is very sad um I don't really know much about it to be honest even though that is my area of study in college was neuroscience I actually don't know a whole lot about this one but you know I I just gotta say as somebody who is a uh, one of the younger generation maybe didn't grow up listening to Celine Dion as much as maybe some some other people. She has an absolutely incredible singing voice. Mm-hmm. She really does. I, I not the Titanic song. That's that's like a meme <laughs> at this point. And then she sings it very well. She also fucking hates singing that song because she's had to do it so much. But if you look up Celine Dion and just find some of her old stuff, it's actually shocking how good of a voice she has. I was kind of surprised because she kind of got memed out of, you know, existence because of the Titanic. Um, but yeah, if you're in the mood for some uh, some belting, she can really belt it out, man. Hmm. I was listening to a podcast about Christmas music and like Christmas albums, actually. Um, I think they mentioned Celine Dion on there, but basically there aren't really many like new christmas songs like uh in like the top 40 only like three had been written in the last like 20 years um obviously the um mariah carey one's like the best like that's that's the new goat song kelly clarkson was on there uh she had a really good one i don't remember who the other one was it might have been justin bieber or it was either that or ariana grande well, yeah, it's like every time an, an artist comes out with a Christmas album, it's 16 songs that everyone has heard a thousand times done 
marginally differently with their voice. Yeah, a lot and, of the stuff was like from the fifties and sixties. Yeah, exactly. And like, and that's fine if you really like that artist and you want to hear them sing songs that you're very familiar with. That's cool. Uh, but there have not been any new Christmas songs in a while, and I think you know what? Maybe we should change that. <laughs> get, maybe Mozzie and the Muscle, and the Muscle puts out a Christmas album. I'm digging that. We'll have our our special Christmas episode. We'll we'll we'll, we'll put out a banger for that Christmas uh, slate of games. There right. we go. Slay. Slay, yeah. <laughs> the Darius Sleigh Bells. The Darius Shaq Leonard Sleigh Bells. <laughs> anyway, um, circling back to that the, the uh, Titanic real quick, I want to talk about the Thursday night game. Um, man. Was Baker so, the iceberg? Or I don't no, know. Actually, you know what? I'm pretty sure Josh McDaniels is both the captain and the iceberg he it's it's like that uh like when you do a titanic experience type of thing remember that rick and morty episode where they do like the titanic experience yeah and like it's all orchestrated to hit the iceberg right like we're gonna miss the iceberg no yeah. that 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 was the three game winning streak was like the missing the iceberg thing because oh. okay after that three game winning streak i was like okay like they're what like five and seven whatever it was they had like i'm like oh if they like you know essentially went out like they could make the playoffs still because before that was your guys like all right fuck it let's just get that draft pick get you know get bryce young right i always mix up bryce young and bryce love in my brain anyway because it's like <laughs> the same name almost so anyway yeah get bryce move on but they got that one streak i'm like okay there might be a chance and then and then this happens they come in you know basically touchdown favorites you're going against so okay so they started with Wolford and apparently his neck didn't feel right. So after like you know a three and out, they went to Baker, who I saw they, they someone said that they Amazon primed a quarterback for the Amazon <laughs> game, <laughs> which is pretty great. Um, Same I was kind of yeah, I was kind of shocked that Baker one like played meaningful time at first. I'm like, okay, is he gonna play the whole game? And then he played the whole game and then got in sync because like that's that's this is that's never happened. Like, we, we've not seen a quarterback come in and play a game after two days, really, like, ever, that I can think of. I don't of. think I've ever seen that. It's yeah. the quickest turnaround. Uh-huh. Usually it's like, okay, like, this will be emergency, then we have, like, one of our backups play. But I think, I think half of the third quarter, I texted the group me, and I was like, you know, regardless of outcome, I'm kind of concerned the Raiders aren't putting this away. Like, this isn't, like, a good showing at all. And then, obviously, proceeds to... Go the way it did. Yeah, you sent that, and I was like, "Yeah, it's like sixteen to three. It'll be fine, or whatever yeah. it was." And I checked the score around like the third quarter or something. Yeah, there. Th- this game. Okay, so every. Okay, at first, you know, McDaniel's blue lead in a game or two. We're like, okay, like he's taking accountability, blah blah blah. But after like four or five of like four or five blown leads, like I don't believe you anymore. I just don't <laughs> think you can do it. I just don't think you can hold a lead. Like. This is probably fireable offense, like, number five on the year, and there actually might just be five individual fireable offenses in this fucking game right now. Right. So, it, he's a terrible head coach. It's He just is. <laughs> like, he's a good OC, and he needs to go back and suck a lot of Bill Belichick's teeth because they need each other. Like, yeah, Belichick's got fucking Maddie P biting at it all day. Like, he's oh. probably sore because that guy's probably hungry. Joe right. Judge over there. Like, they're, that team is, like, their offense is ass. And, like, McDaniels just needs to go back there. Like, that's the pairing that works. And they, okay, so they passed, it was 20 passes 
and 38 rushes. When you see that, you think either this is the Bears or Falcons, or they won the game. Or they and won they, the game. Yeah, they decided, no, we're instead of you know putting this game away, we've got this Rams secondary that's been getting torched all year. Jalen Ramsey has gotten you know his ass whooped by Devontae Adams twice already in the first fucking quarter, basically. Right. And instead of putting the game away and securing the lead and putting Baker in like precarious spots where Max Crosby can just tee off. And he's been amazing this year. He's one of like the, the two or three good players on the defense. And so anyway, it's, I, I don't get why you're thinking like, Oh, wait, this is enough of a lead. Like just, just put the game away. You fucking idiot. Like I, yeah. I, I know we away. shit on coaches a lot, but like, I could have called a better game than this. Like, I am, like, 99% confident I could have done a better job than Mike McDaniels did this game. And I think you and I both <laughs> could have. We probably could have, like, each submitted a play, flipped a coin, and that would have gone better than whatever McDonk fucking did this game. Well, he he stopped throwing to Devontae um, after a certain point. Like, he had seven targets on the game. He had three receptions. Yeah, so like... stupid. Yeah, and of course, like, the last drive, like, where Baker's coming down, they're, you know, classic Raiders, like, dumb penalty to extend it. And then the, la- the last play, that last touchdown, I don't know if you watched any of the post game. they pretty much talked to Baker about it, and he was like, he's like, yeah, I'm surprised they came out and man press with 15 seconds left. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they came out and fucking, they did the, the Greg Williams, basically. Yeah, exactly. And had one safety on the other side and left, Van, like, Van Jefferson... The only decent receiver left, really, like Pretty alone in one on one, like you know Benny Crystal's fine, but like Van Jefferson's like the only actual like receiver who would probably start on another NFL team right now. So they left him one on one. Impress man with 15 seconds left. That's a fireball offense. And also their DC, I forget his name. He is my. He might be one of the worst defensive coordinators to ever like have an NFL job. All three <laughs> teams he's been on have been fucking terrible, like each year. And except the 2020 Giants, who we now realize were kind of loaded on defense, like looking back at that roster. So he's awful. Yeah. It's so bad. And he's like, awful. That, that's something you've got to overrule. Like, and yeah, it was it was so bad on so many levels. Like, you, you got to just put the game away because the Rams, like even without Donald, like they're a pass funnel. Just fucking pass on them. They, they've been riding zone all year. You've got Devontae Adams. Like, yep. fucking duh. Like it doesn't, think, a fucking baby could figure that out. <laughs> I think the most telling thing for me though is just that Derek Carr has looked bad this year. Yeah, because their line sucks. Yeah, I mean their line sucks, but at the same time, Derek Carr looked fine last year with a pretty similar line, if not the same line, and no Devonte. So like, yeah. if the if you hire a new head coach who's an offensive guru and your quarterback looks worse, there's something wrong. Yeah, like, I, there, there's been, you know, whatever, three or four blown leads. And I wasn't even, because everyone's pointing out the Derek Carr pick, like, at the half. I'm like, I'm not even, like, that mad about that one. Like, obviously, they didn't come away with points, but, like, he got hit under pressure, and the ball got picked, and the half ended. Like, sucks, yeah. but, like, that was that was not the reason they lost. No. <laughs> they had, uh, okay, so after the half, I wrote, I wrote out the drives here. In the whole second half, they uh, had a three and out, uh, three and out, a field goal, after the Rams missed the field goal and gave good field position in a three and out. And their first three and out, they punted on fourth and one at the Rams 49. And the third three and out was them thinking that they had a defense and could stop Baker fucking Mayfield with this Rams roster. And so, 
Yeah, it's it's so fucking bad. Like, I, they should have just left his ass in L.A. I don't, <laughs> at this point, like, I know they talked about, like, the financial reasons for not firing him, but, like, you got to get rid of him. Like, the, there's no way the team's behind him anymore. No. And it's it sucks because the season is now... It's now come and gone for the most yeah. part. It's going it, to... I think it is very unlikely they would be able to put together a winning stretch to make the playoffs. So, like... Yeah, nine nine and eight won't make them the AFC now. Yeah, it, it's just if you're not gonna fire him at the end of the year, what are you doing? So, and if you are, why aren't you? I mean, I don't know. We need Basaccia. Yeah, they should have just kept Basaccia. I know. Listen, I I I don't. I wish I was wrong about this. Like when when the hire happened, it was one of those things where my immediate thought and continuing thought was, I hate this. I hate this. Yeah. Yeah, and. You were like, yeah, you, you gave me plenty of reasons to like try to be optimistic. You're like, hey, this, and like, you know, he's learned a lot. I'm like, okay, okay. Thank you, Mozzie. You gave me some hope. But <laughs> tried to be yeah. optimistic. Like, yeah, he's saying the right things. He's saying basically the stuff that we had thought, which was, you know, we tried to be like Bill. He wasn't trying to do his own thing. And, you know, no, you can't yeah. really be successful trying to be Bill Belichick because, um, that's just not really how it works. Yeah, and so like I was willing to give him a chance. Like, gotta give him a chance. Like, like Gruden. Like, got like weird hire, but give it a chance. And that was actually going better, sort of. Um, although Gruden is the one who ruined the roster, so yeah, didn't really get much better. Um, yeah, I said I wish I was wrong, but unfortunately, this was a terrible hire. I think I think we should have known that when he tried to force a committee between. Uh, Jacobs, Abdullah, and Bolden, that it wasn't going to go well. Like, that should have been a sign, right? Like, that that was the first fireable offense on the year, was trying to do that. So, And I feel bad for Jacobs, because he's had a fucking oh my great gosh. year. He's been, like, one of the best running backs this year. Like, and if you say he's been the best, I won't fight you on it. Like, it's been him and Chubb, pretty much. Yeah, he's got, like, 1,400 yards. He's got 11 touchdowns. You know, stats alone, just watching him, he's been kind of carrying the offense. Oh, yeah, dude. He is breaking tackles like a fucking monster. Yeah. Yeah, I know they have the extra game, but he's at 1,400 yards, and Chubb's second at, like, 1,100, and same with Henry and Barkley. But Barkley's been really good. He's just on the Giants, but, yeah. <sighs> Man, anyway, I had to get that out of my system 15 minutes, and I'll, I'll put in the notes that 15 minutes is when the actual stuff starts. Um, <laughs> so the Sunday games. We've got uh, six games on by this week. So we had Thursday game, 10 Sunday games, and then our sorry, 10 Sunday, like main slate games in the Sunday night and then the Monday night. So we start off with Philly at the Giants. Um, we have Philly here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Eagles they're, are they're healthy, healthy now. Yeah. yeah. And that was that's always the concern with, well, like, well, I mean, any good team. And then like throughout the year, they had a lot of injuries, but they're all pretty much good now. And then for the Giants... Um, they're missing a lineman and a backup lineman. They don't have Adoree Jackson. Uh, probably no Leonard Williams. And then Saquon is like actually questionable, might not play. And I think he might not. That's my. If you press me on it, I would say like 51 49, he doesn't play. So it is a neck injury. Yeah. And it's Philly who probably beats you anyway. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't think he plays. We will know. In time, we'll know at 11.30 if he's played or not. So Right. Uh, they also won't have Leonard Williams. And Leonard Williams is 
he's a good player. He's not an amazing player, but he is good, and he he's very good in that run stopping game. Yeah, which is important. (laughs) Yeah, when you're playing the Eagles, who like to run the ball with whoever it is. It could be Miles Sanders, could be Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I think they saw Boston Scott. Could be Boston Scott. Apparently, he has like a bunch of touchdowns against the Giants in his career, (laughs) which is hilarious. Yep. So, this, um, you know, the Giants have had a way better year than anyone gave him credit for. But this is this is a really tough one for them, and they're probably not going to cover that seven points. Yeah, it's kind of falling apart for him. I put Sanders in here. I mean, Eagles in general are in play. Um, yeah. The I mean, the easiest pass is going to be running. And I know Sanders is a polarizing figure, but he's in like a fucking nut spot here. <laughs> so, yeah, the Giants are a pretty bad run defense. Um, and they're missing Leonard Williams. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'll probably end up taking Philly to cover just because... I, I think I don't know about the total. It might end up going over like later in the game, but and the Giants like as as much as we'll like we'll shit on them because like they don't they don't have much firepower. They don't have a ton of offensive talent, but they've been getting wins and getting enough points. You know, the, the, they're good for their twenty points probably. So yeah, they play sound football. Yeah, have run the ball. Yet, don't though. have too many turnovers. You know, good schemes. They keep games close. Mm-hmm. Uh, These teams haven't played yet, by the way. Might get away from them. That's kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, they they did only lose by eight to the Cowboys in Dallas, for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, that's like... I, I still think I'm going to take Philly to cover because without Adoree Jackson, and they're already missing Aaron Robinson, who's their other starting corner, and Xavier McKinney, who's their free safety. Like, that secondary is hella fucked up <laughs> yeah and i think uh like that philly matches up better against the giants than dallas does as well yeah they do and then yeah the injuries so yeah philly should have this in the bag and you know obviously her Aja brown and devontaire good but if the um the over under is only 45 i might take the over then because i kind of think that the giants will still get some stuff going like if they get their 20 points and mm-hmm. i think philly gets like 30 yeah, so even 30 to 17 or something like that is enough. So, yeah. so I'm going to take the over on that. But we've got some other New York teams here. We've got the Jets at Buffalo. We both have Buffalo winning. This one, I didn't think Buffalo would be a 10-point favorite. But I guess, you know, it's a neutral field <laughs> touchdown favorite. And yeah. uh, 43 total. I think the weather in this game is a question mark. But how, how are you feeling about your Jets here? How do you feel about the chances? Um, I think they have a chance. To be honest, I think 10 yeah, points sure. is kind of ridiculous. Um, I'm still going to take Buffalo. It's in Buffalo. And uh-huh. the Jets are, I mean, I, they're a good team, but they don't have uh, Josh Allen as their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And they've uh, they've done a lot better with Mike White. I thought Mike White has looked really good, even though maybe his stats weren't amazing the week before. He looked pretty good, and I have to say, watching that game, I watched it pretty closely. Minnesota's red zone defense is absolutely terrifying. And they were able to get all the way down the field and just couldn't punch it in, hence the, like, five Greg Zwerland <laughs> or whatever. Greg the leg. Uh, the Bills, the leg. it's going to be, uh, you know, the Jets have multiple good corners, which is weird to say, because they have Sauce mm-hmm. Gardner, DJ Reed's been playing well, and Michael Carter the second, has actually played really well this year, too. Um, but the Bills, 
have a lot of wide receivers as well. And they don't, I don't think they have enough to match up with all of their guys on every play. I'd be very interested in Dawson Knox this week because I've noticed some tight ends leaking through that Jets secondary if the uh, the safeties are split out. Because, you know, you're not even though Sauce has been playing great and DJ Reed has been playing great, mm-hmm. you're still not going to put them one-on-one with fucking Stefan Diggs. Yeah, who's who's their slot corner again? Uh, their slot corner kind of alternates. It's been Brandon Eccles. It's been Lamarcus Joyner, who's the okay. free safety. When it's the free the free safety, like that, the safety play has been kind of the weak spot. Gotcha. Yeah, I was asking because I'm like I'm thinking through like okay, good Isaiah McKenzie being play here. Um, so last time these teams played was the game like Jalen's elbow got hurt as well, and I'm kind of like curious how it goes this time around. I'm wondering if his elbow is any better. Like, if the extra rest helped. But over the last two weeks, Jalen has... I mean, he, he still does his hero ball and stuff. He likes to be reckless and see blood and play better after that. <laughs> um, he's been throwing to his running backs more, and I'm very proud of him for learning that. It's a very tough thing for young mobile quarterbacks to do because, you know, your thought is pretty much always like, oh, I got this. Like, I mean, I mean it's fair. Like, if I'm Josh out, I'm like, oh, yeah, I fucking got this. Hell yeah. Um, but he's been doing that more, and then... Especially with James Cook, who's pretty good at that. Um, I know the running matchup fucking sucks, but in a uh, PPR sense, you know, if you're looking for someone to stream, cheap DFS, uh, maybe plug him in your lineup this week if you've got, you know, Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara on by. (laughs) Uh, James Cook, who, okay, so calling him Cook is going to be confusing because, you know, Dalvin Cook is Cook. So I'm going to call him Chef. Uh, So Chef is what I will be going with. Wee wee. I don't know. I don't know if he's got salty chocolate balls or not, but um, he's gonna try to, you know, drag him on the Jets here. So, yeah, I would. I kind of like that. I do think that the receptions to running backs will be more in play because I don't think that uh, they're gonna be able to run much on the ground with the running backs. I think Jalen will still be able to run for the rushing yeah. game, but I. That's what he did last time, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't really think they'll be able to run much on the ground with the running backs. And then injury-wise, um, for the Jets, aside from their guys on IR, they have everybody pretty much. Um, <laughs> and then for the Bills, uh, Reggie Gilliam, their fullback's out. And then, um, which kind of might fall on more catches too, James Cook as well, because Gilliam will get a couple of games sometimes. And then uh, Dawkins and Milano are questionable, but I think they go. It's uh, my take on that. Um, their statuses. Michael Carter, yeah, he'll be back. Same with oh, yeah, that's true They've got too, Zonovan yeah. Knight, so... You know they're gonna want those those linebackers in there, and I think they're gonna play. Yeah, it, it sounds like that should be good. This is gonna be a good game. Yeah, this will be a really good game. Uh, over under is forty three. I would probably take the over. Not yeah, by just a whole because lot. there's enough talent like on each side. Do they? Do the Bills have Tre'Davious back? Yeah, that's do. what I was looking. I'm pretty sure they do. I, I think, think they, they got do. him back like a couple weeks ago. They've been missing secondary guys throughout the year, but yeah, they've got Trey White. They've got their they don't have Hyde, but they have Poyer. So, because okay. po- Poyer coming back was like an instant, huge, massive boost to their defense that had been struggling a lot. Like he, it's crazy how much like a good safety, like Shures, Shores, Shores, I need like <laughs> help Shores helps keep. Yeah, I always forget if it's Shures up or Shores up because both make sense. I think it's Shores up, but like you know, but Shures up makes sense too because like you feel sure that your defense is good. <laughs> like I'm sure this is a good team. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a game that th- there will be fantasy value. It's just kind of hard to like 
pick out exactly, I think. But I think it'll be a good game. I'm with you on the over and probably Jets cover. Yeah, I'm going to do that personally. I'll probably take a Jets cover, Bills win, take the over. Yeah, just because I know the Buffalo defense is going to be better now than it was the first matchup, but the Jets are also better now. Um, and I think since they won that first game, a 10-point spread's a little much. Yeah, I think that's a little unfair, but, you know, that's that's what we're dealing with. It's fine. Mm-hmm. The Bills are very good. Yeah. J- Jalen is also, yeah, Jalen's Jalen. That can be the tiebreaker sometimes, too. <laughs> so next up, we've got potential at least early slate game of the week here with minnesota and detroit uh detroit is a favorite uh minus two 51 and a half total this is definitely the like fun dfs game of the week because it's high total high pace high passing in a dome bad secondaries aside from akuda um so yeah i i'm a little i put yes as bangers just because i'm pretty sure this will be a fun game in general um the the cat's out of the bag on the Detroit run defense, it sounds like, because last week uh, everyone was real gung-ho about ETN, and then he didn't do much because the Lions' run defense is actually good now. Yeah, and then proved a lot. Yeah. Also, Lawrence got hurt. It kind of messed up the offense a bit. But, um, well, yeah, yeah the run defense is good. And so, um, while, while, you know, you may naturally lean Dobbin Cook, it's probably more of a, you know, pass game spot. And are you... Are you excited for the TJ Hawkinson revenge game? <laughs> uh, I think I am more than the Lions are. <laughs> yeah, that, I know you that, love Hawk. in a pretty good spot there for Hawk. I mean, he's going to have to probably go up against Aiden Hutchinson, who he's probably gone up against in practice like all <laughs> year, which is really interesting to think about. This is a this is a really cool game. I'm going to take Minnesota. What worries me is just after watching the Jets Vikings game, uh, the Vi- the Vikings secondary was not good. They would let the Jets get all the way down the field, but then when they hit the red zone, their secondary looked impossible to throw against. They were just blanketing our receivers. Like they were all over them. Every pass was contested. There was no like easy catches. Um, and we had to kick like five field goals as a result. So I do worry about that a little bit with the Lions, not as much as the Jets, because I think the Lions are better at scoring from far outside the red zone because of, you know, Swift and Amon Ra and DJ Chark. They can all kind of house it. Uh, but those drives that the Lions like to do where they take a long time and get down the field and then punch it in you know, after like 10 minutes are, are probably going to be field goals. I think, I guess this is kind of a weird way to take it, that the Lions drives will depend very much on like where their goal to go starts. Yeah, exactly. Because like if if they end up on like, you know, the nine or 10 yard line versus like getting tackled at the two as usual, like if they're at the two, I think they can make the Jamal Williams touchdowns work. Because the uh, the Jamal Williams versus uh, Russell Wilson touchdown counter is one of the funniest <laughs> things, uh, second to only the bathroom counter. Yeah, but well, their O line is a lot better. Like, yeah, than, so like comparatively to the Jets, I'm kind of comparing them because they just played. But like yeah. the Jets had a first and goal with the one, and they could not get a yard. Like they, yeah. it was stuffed. And the Jets O line is not as good. 
um, mm. as the, and you're looking at you know undrafted free agent running backs instead of like you know j- pr- very proficient goal line back Jamal Williams. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know there were some people that were kind of you know mad at the Jets play caller because he was calling passes in the red zone instead of running the ball. And I'm like, dude, they stuffed them every single time. Yeah. And they're trying to save clock here. It's actually kind of smart that they're throwing. Yeah, I do think that the Lions are going to actually severely miss Hawkinson in this matchup. I know. Because he would probably kind of be like the red zone difference, potentially. And I, like, I was looking I was looking through the Lions, like, or sorry, the, the Vikings secondary. And I think part of the red zone defense might be due to having uh, two really good safeties with Harrison Smith. And then Cameron Biden has been playing, like, super fucking well this year. He's been awesome, so... Having amazing safety play, like we just said, like helps everything, especially in the red zone. Like when you have like where it's all condensed, you can alleviate a lot of like your corner issues that way too. Do we? And know they they, they if, think they'll have Darisol back. If that's, that's that what, what I was about to ask, yeah, I was just about to ask if Darisol <laughs> was gonna play. That's pretty yeah. big because he's been very good for them. Um, obviously, your left tackle is outside of the center the most important piece of the line. Yeah, I think the main thing is if he, uh, I think he'll clear protocol. We'll probably get that news today, but he fully practiced Friday. He's listed as questionable, so that probably means he'll be through the protocol, I'm going to guess. Um, so, yeah, this is a tough one for me to call. Like, <laughs> my well, so I have my, my Mozzie but... take, which is whenever a team trades with someone, you take the team that that lost the guy because the team that gained the guy is the one that loses almost every time. And I'm kind of worried because that would be, in this case, Hawkinson on the Vikings. I should be taking the Lions. So I'm a little nervous about my Minnesota pick right now. I, it's, I can't explain it. That's why it's a mozzie take. It's really ineffable. It's just one of those things. When two teams trade, the team that lost the guy wins the matchup. <laughs> A lot of times, like though, that's thing. more specific to a quarterback. Yeah, that's a, that's uh, fair. A tight end. Like no, the tendencies. Yeah, with uh with Detroit, um, I need to look at Jamison Williams' step back. He's, he only played like a smidgen last week. Um, if he gets more involved this week, that could be a nice difference too. I really want to see him blow up. So I'm. I'm excited for that. He did get a target last week. It was his kind of, you know, let's ease him in game. I think it's a little early for Jamison Williams' blow-up week, but he was one of my favorite receivers. Yeah. Just it was... His college tape is outstanding. Did you have him number one or Garrett Wilson number one? I forget. He's my number one. Gotcha. So... <laughs> and then, I, then it was Wilson and Olave were kind of just like, they're different, but they're both amazing in their respective roles yeah i, I could see because like okay it's the three receiver set is for sure gonna be like once once jameson's fine it's gonna be amonra chark and jameson um i'm get i don't know who if it's gonna eat more into i guess it'll probably eat more into reynolds um for now but i i think we could maybe get like a 30 percent snap share from williams this game yeah. we'll see but all it takes with him is one yeah. I think he's a very interesting flyer for DFS because I bet he's super cheap, and he's a, maybe he only about... gets three targets, but he could. One of those is probably a bomb. Yeah, so I looked through it. I didn't look at FanDuel on DraftKings. He's forty four hundred, so maybe not quite cheap enough. On Super Draft, he does have the 
the the max there is now 1.7 he does have the 1.7 so i think reasonable there so or or if you're trying to do like the vikings lions game stack that's going to be like for sure the most popular game stack on DraftKings. Jamison could be a nice way to like really differentiate it obviously a very risky way to differentiate it but a way to don't hate it um this is this is a fun game i'm, I'm still not sure how i'm taking this will be like a game time call but next up we've got the battle of ohio with cleveland at cincy we've got cincy taking it this time yep cleveland has beat them enough times it's time cincy is out for blood i'm going with them they're yeah, gonna hope... they're gonna play fierce yeah i really i, I kind of wish fontes burfitt was back for this game you know yeah just know. just for one certain player you know no nope yeah you know. <laughs> he so, hit him with his head i didn't see it <laughs> no flag so, someone did hit deshaun in the nuts last week <laughs> i did see that that's great <laughs> he better have like four cups because <laughs> you know that's like all right if we can't body him i'm putting my helmet right into his crotch every time <laughs> Just make sure you can't use that thing ever again. Yeah. Stop. He's got to stop the evil. So, <laughs> uh, injury rise for this game on the Brown side. Amari Cooper is actually, like, pretty questionable. That's someone to keep an eye on. Um, and then Njoku's back, it looks like. And then for the Bengals, Hurst is out. But we've got Mixon back. And then T. Higgins, he's in as of now, they're saying. But it's been a hammy. So, I would keep an eye on that. Slash, you know, it is. that's always a little worrisome. So... The big thing in this matchup is Cleveland's run D has been dookie, and I, it's the annoying part is I I think we'll get a split not 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 fifty fifty, probably like sixty five thirty five of Mixon P Ryan, yeah, maybe a little more could be miss sixty forty, so it's tough to like say oh Mixon's back will smash, but P well, Ryan has a like concussion so like if he's good he'll probably get a good amount of work but P Ryan is good and he's good at pass pro so he's yeah nice to stay in there like it's it's not it's not a like easing mix it in thing as much as it is a P Ryan's earned some snaps thing that that's kind of more of it is because Mixon like obviously the Panthers game but they didn't they never touched him but like P Ryan has not really looked worse than Mixon this year <laughs> yeah so got that I'm old man to... game now so the Browns are uh, they have got a lot of injuries like just not their sort of daily starter sort of thing they're but they're on the year they have a lot of people on IR mm-hmm. um the one I did not know is their center Ethan Pochich is on IR I uh, didn't start in his last name is he sounds Nordic and shit he's been solid yeah. but not like you know, the same level Holt. yeah <laughs> sounds like you get a fucking like cast some dragon shouts on me he's from, got skyrim uh, over here cast of frozen <laughs> um i'm but the re- i think the reason their run defense has been bad is because their linebacking core is dead mm-hmm. and they obviously have miles garrett who's great off the edge but in the middle there that run defense they have like anthony walker jr jacob phillips taki taki weatherly they're all on IR. Yeah, so like they've that, got Jock left, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, they Jock. And yeah, they had, had they had to bring in Dion Jones from Atlanta. That's when you know it's bad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Bengals O line could literally just split in half like the Red Sea and cover the outside, and 
they would not be able to get through like a single center. Uh, they because they have no interior. So the interior of the Browns is bad. The outside is good. That's kind of how the whole team operates. So with that, I think we can say Mixon and P Ryan and probably obviously Chase always and pro- yeah. maybe Boyd might be some Boyd. Yeah, yeah. With no Hurst and then with Higgins having the hammy, like this does kind of point to some more Boyd targets because we've talked about. Which I need to double check if they've still bit bad over the middle of the field. That's always. We always got to make sure the trends are staying because the Browns were really, really bad over the middle of the field, but that might have changed. Yeah. I thought I saw that had changed, but let me look. So let, me, let me see who's been crushing them lately. So they, just, they don't have any outside. Like, it would be really nice to have Hurst this game because they don't have a middle of the field, like, linebacker that can cover. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the Browns haven't, like, allowed a lot of receiving yardage, but it's also because they allow a lot of running yardage. <laughs> right. So um, last week it was the Texans. Um Chris Godwin had a really good game the week before. Um, it was just Gabe, Gabe Davis and Diggs getting a little bit. Dolphins did a little bit. But again, like, how did that Browns-Buffalo game go? Didn't Buffalo crush him? Yeah. So, like, te- teams haven't really been needing to pass as much, I don't think, as opposed to, like, them being good against it. So, yeah. I I, I think it just comes back to Cincy running backs. I, I, might, I might be giving a little too much shade on... Mixon's like carry ceiling here. It could be. It, it, it might just be him getting seventy five percent again, like instantly. So, like obviously play him in your season long. So, yeah, I think we're uh, both leaning bangos here. Yeah, I will say though, if Amari Cooper's out, like DPJ will get a ton of targets, and David Bell's actually been pretty decent. So he's someone who'd be worth like a deep flyer potentially if you're. In a real pinch, or he's probably super cheap on DFS. I, I, I admittedly haven't looked at David Bell's DFS price yet. I'll be really honest. So, but no, he, he's he's been coming on a little bit. He's a very um, like big possession type of guy. So, like really good catch radius. So, that could be nice for all of Watson's misses. <laughs> he looked rough. He looked so bad. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> But speaking of rough, we've got Houston going to Dallas. 17-point favorites in a 44-point total. We've got Dallas here. Their running back should crush. Stingley's out. Da- yeah. Dallas can do whatever they want, probably. Yeah. But the running backs might just do everything. Um, Cooks and Nico are both out. Stingley's out. Their fullback, Harrison's out. And then on the Dallas side, James Washington is making his return. But um, they've got Leighton Vanderish questionable and then Anthony Brown out. So... Our, uh, that that game is terrible, and I'm probably going to take Dallas to cover the 17. Yeah, that was really the only discussion was do they cover. Like that's all I had. That's all I came to the table with here. Because freaking um, for Houston, I do wish they had Mechie here. I was really sad um, when when I saw that because I was like, oh, he's on IR. It'd be so nice if he were back and ready to play. So they'll probably have to bring up Jalen Camp from the practice squad to have enough receivers. Because <laughs> they've got like three left right now, so it's it's disgusting. I mean, it's like so they're out of who like what Brandon Cooks out, Nico Collins out. Yeah, so, so they're, they're, they're got, like, only Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett, Amari <laughs> Rogers are their active receivers. Oh, so honestly, like I should probably put uh, like Aikens slash Brevin Jordan as stream. It's probably that's, more so Aikens, but yeah, that's like, probably it. 
Like, I don't even like, I love Damian Pierce. I don't like him this week because if you are telling the Dallas defense, hi, this is our only skill player. Please don't hurt him. <laughs> um, I think they'll be able to stack the box with that defense pretty well against Pierce. Yeah. They they did put Mills back in for this one, by the way. That's the big, the biggest, the big news for the Texans is they realized, oh, okay, Kyle, Kyle Allen is worse. Never mind. <laughs> I'm kind of pissed that they benched Mills. Yeah. What like stupid. for what fucking purpose? Your season is trash. You might as well give the rookie as many snaps as you can and see if he can get better. It wasn't th- like an injury, right? No. Do you think they beat the Browns with Mills? To be honest, maybe. Maybe. Cuz it was all defensive like maybe. There's that a chance. That was like the but... worst offensive performance I've seen from the Browns in quite a long time and there have been uh a lot of those <laughs> that's that's a pretty high bar there or low bar whatever you want to put it yeah like it's an they, impressive they bar. scored 27 points and not one of them was offensive yeah their play was offensive though <laughs> but, and their quarterback yeah. yeah dallas should crush yeah yes sorry sorry houston <laughs> but yeah that game should probably uh suck <laughs> so baltimore at <laughs> pittsburgh next this one is tough. I think I'm going to take Pittsburgh. We are actually technically still waiting on uh, TJ Watt news. Um, obviously, if he were out, that would be tough. Um, oh, wait. Do we get an update? Oh, okay. He will play. So, I will take Pittsburgh. And Deontay will play as well. Those are pretty much the two I was waiting for. And then Lamar is out. That's obviously the big bummer. Um, Worley, he's their fourth cornerback. So, backup and then, you know four wider sets, and then Zeitler's questionable, but he probably plays. So the Ravens' O-line is going to be intact for once, but unfortunately it's without Lamar. Uh, the best laid plans. Yeah, it's just getting the timing right sometimes is half the season. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough. Um, not having Lamar against Pittsburgh. I, I mean, it's a divisional matchup. They're always going to play them tough. It'll be a probably a brutal and pretty gross game. The total at 37 is interesting. I do think that has the possibility to go over, not like a lot, but, you know, that's basically 20 to 17. And if that was 23, 17, 23, 16, I wouldn't be surprised. So I I think there's some over potential um, just because Pittsburgh started to put it it together the Mm -hmm. past few weeks. And Huntley isn't terrible. He's not like a severe drop-off in terms of, you know, getting the offense to do what it needs to do. Yeah, he's like sa- same archetype, yeah. Yeah, he's like the less athletic, you know, budget Lamar. star power. Yeah, budget Lamar. So it still works. They still move the ball. Yeah, they have we'll throw to Andrews. They're probably going to have Dawkins, not Dawkins, Dobbins. Dawkins. <laughs> Dawkins. Brian Dawkins, running back. Um... <laughs> And they get Manju's back. So, I mean, I'm taking Pittsburgh. I'm not even super confident in that. I guess I'm kind of just giving it the split and then the benefit of, you know, no Lamar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think they can give Huntley enough problems. Too. Like I said, he's fi- fine filling. He knows to throw to Manju's. They'll have the running backs. But, I mean, both these defenses have been pretty stout. And Pittsburgh is probably maybe a little easier to attack in the air. It's tough either way, though. So, I was kind of torn on this total like on it 
and I think I might go under, but I'm I mean, not I sure. think under is probably the safe, smart play, but I do think that I wouldn't be surprised if it... Yeah. Because 37 but, is really low. Yeah. But we're, like, we're looking at, you know, backup QB versus the Steelers, and then we're looking at, you know, rookie QB versus the Ravens. Yeah. So, what I because I was thinking about it, I'm like, and I'm like, I just kind of thought that to myself. I'm like, eh, eh, yeah. <laughs> but it is good timing for the line to be healthy against the Steelers, at least. So they're gonna they're gonna need that. <laughs> and that's really big because, like, if your line is healthy and you have a good run game, you'll still be able to move the ball. They'll at least be able to like get some conversions with Gus and Huntley and all that. And so Dobbins is back. I really hope they don't play him much, just because I don't want him to get hurt again. Um, is this a Justin Tucker game? If the Ravens win, will it be because Justin Tucker is better than Chris Boswell? <laughs> Pretty much. It is definitely a kicker game. I think both kickers are in play. Kind of inconsistent offenses against really good defenses. Someone has to win. Yeah. Well, have to. <laughs> I guess they don't have to. Someone will probably win. But it could be all kicker scored. Yeah, like, the only... might not be red zone touchdowns. It might just be kickers. Yeah, the only fantasy guy I want really here is Andrews because he's, you know, Mark Andrews. But aside from that, yeah. I'm pretty off of this game. I think I'm like half to start Najee in one of the leagues I've got him in our, in our fraternity league. So that's a little, little tough one. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> and Jalen Warren's back too. So kind of eats the name of it. But yeah, gross game. But it's one of those like kind of, kind of fun slobber knockers, you know. Right. But They'll beat each other up. <laughs> you know, the, the AFC North is kind of always good for that, you know. So, but We've got the AFC South next with Jacksonville, Tennessee. And we both put Tennessee, but I know we both have a lot of concern about Tennessee here. Yeah, this one, I'm kind of, I need to look at the injuries a bit because they're pretty important for this yeah. game. I th- there are a lot. <laughs> Lawrence seems like he should be playing but it's not certain. He is still questionable. Yeah. Obviously, if he's out, then that changes everything. (laughs) Yeah. But if he's in and good to go, Tennessee is just... They're 7-5, and and I really don't even think they should have a winning record. Like, I I don't think they're a terrible team. I think they're very well coached, but they're very injured. Christian Fulton is out, who is, like, their one good quarterback. Um, yeah, they're missing Fulton, they're missing a backup corner in Avery, who they would in theory need this game. They're missing Long Jr., they're missing Autry, and then Tart and Simmons are questionable. They don't have Burks on offense, take advantage of the bad secondary. So, yep, it's tough. It's <laughs> tough. Their defense is really beat up, and the Jags are, I would say they're pretty healthy. Yeah, it's like, just like it, as long as Lawrence is in, they're pretty healthy. Yeah, they're missing a linebacker this week, which, you know, you never want to get Derrick Henry. But yeah. they've, they've been a pa- both these teams have been pass funnels, and Jacksonville at the moment is probably more equipped to take advantage. So, like, assume Lawrence is in. Like, I think the Lawrence, you know, Kirk, one of the Joneses, you know, that, that's in play. I prefer that to ETN. And then, like, on the other side, like, Robert Woods, like, this is this is the time, but dude. This is, this is, like, your chance. And, you know, if you've got a stream tanny, that's fine. But Jacob Conklo, our guy, your guy, our guy, is kind of in a decent spot this week. He picked up a lot of work once uh, Burks went down last week. Yeah, he did. And Hooper has been a non-factor. Yeah, his uh, Chig's snaps have been going up, like pretty consistently. He's so good. he, 
Yeah. He's a fierce blocker. He yeah. Can catch. Yeah, he, he got the most snaps at tight end last week. That was the first time that had happened. So, because he, he'd been kind of like going back and forth with Hooper on like even less. And Swaim is getting time just because he can block. But, yeah, like right now, like, I, I hope that was like the Chigo Conquo game of like, okay, like he's our best tight end. I was wondering when that would occur because it's like, from what I can see, he very much looks like their best tight end. So he's, you know, potentially on waivers. Odds are he is. Um, Achievement DFS has the 1.7 X on Super Draft. So yeah, he's definitely I, someone to consider. I mean, I know that Vrabel's a good coach, but their defensive injuries are mountainous this is yeah a lot <laughs> so they're already missing harold landry and zach cunningham they're already missing in their secondary caleb farley trey avery now they're missing and elijah molden now they're missing christian fulton david long and uh Danico autry and so like the strength obviously of the tennessee defense is that rotating linebacker core and them missing three they miss one, they're okay. They miss two, they're still okay. It's not great. Now they're missing three. Yeah, they're they're really hurt. They're in a tough spot. I like as we talked through this, I've kind of gone more towards Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't know if I can pick them to beat Jacksonville because I don't know if they can put pressure on Lawrence. And I'm assuming Lawrence, you know, sort of a younger quarterback probably thrives a lot better when there's not a lot of pressure on him just as mm-hmm. sort of a, a general young quarterback trait outside yeah. of and Joe he Burrow. can run too yeah and he can run um right I now mean, i guess uh t- the titans o-line is is healthy it's you know yeah. not great but it is healthy. yeah right now the expectation is he plays uh jeremy fowler set around like noon so i think i'm taking jacksonville with the road win yeah i'm with you actually Watch, watch Derrick Henry just go for 200 yards and it doesn't matter. That's... Oh, and I mean, that's always a possibility. <laughs> but the, ja- the Jacksonville run has been good. And, like, they're very, very obviously going to focus everything on stopping Derrick Henry. Yeah. And then so. they don't really, the Titans don't really have an answer for anything that the Jags would be able to do. Yeah. So I do want to add, um, before we move on from this game, I think a smart preemptive waiver wire pickup is uh Dontrell Hilliard I mean, he, he's the clear backup and he catches patches so yeah he's definitely someone really to get on your team sort of gadget guy because he's a running he's kind of like Corderell like yeah running back but he will catch a lot basically if you took Corderell uh, like if he had a quarter clip bar and you just took the top and like dragged it down and like smushed it a bit right do you get you get Hilliard <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah next up we've got Kansas City at Denver both have Kansas City. Uh, Denver has never beaten Mahomes, I realized. <laughs> He's 9-0 against them. And I don't expect that to change here. Isn't that great? Yeah, for, I could have sworn they'd gotten one at some point. Because they always, like, they tend to play them well. But, or like, they, they held them down in, like, peak, peak, like, Mahomes, Reed, Kelsey, in that, like, year. Because they, they were kind of ahead on, like, how to cover it. But they still lost. <laughs> so... Um, we now know that Tony is out. Um, Joe Thune's questionable. Joe Tooney's questionable. Still, probably, I think he goes. Now, for Denver, Sutton's out. Uh, Beck is out. Their fullback, H-back, tight end, whatever you want to call him. And then, Kawan Williams is back, at least. So, the, aside from Sutton, like, 
they're healthy. Their defense should be, you know, raring to go as usual. But I expect them to be let down by their offense as usual. Yep. Yeah, I mean, their offense has been terrible. And, I mean, their their defense is healthy, but they are missing a lot of, you know, who the starter would be. Just yeah, when, whenever I'm doing these, I haven't, like, I, I don't go through all the IR stuff just because, like, some of these guys have been on IR all year or, like, for a while. And it's like, well, at this point, yeah, yeah there's definitely somewhere, like, yeah, t- Tennessee's one where, like, they have a lot of guys on IR who matter, like, a lot. And, yeah, Den- Denver's kind of in that situation, too, with, like, Randy Gregory and some other guys. So. Yeah, that guy. Ronald Darby. Yeah, Darby. Guys. But they're, they've, they've still been IR. very good um, yeah. on defense. And this game, I would, I mean, I'm looking at the under here. 44 for that game. Are you kidding? Are they expecting Kansas City to score 44 points? Yeah. <laughs> Because if so, the spread should be a lot different than eight and a half. Because um, I don't see Denver getting twenty points here. I don't. Let's be honest. Yeah, especially with no Sutton. Like, if Sutton were in, I'd be like, okay, maybe they can squeeze out like a touchdown and two field goals. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, is it in Denver? It is in Denver, and fucky shit always happens in Denver. Yeah, I was looking through like um, the receiving core after Sutton. Cause, like, so Judy's healthy right now. They've got Dolchich, and then it's kind of a hodgepodge of, like, Kendall Hitton and Tyree Cleveland and whatever Washington, and it kind of gets real gross after that. Yeah. Um, that's one of those things where, like, you're looking at for DFS, and you're like, oh, like, I could pay way down to Kendall Hitton, but then you're like, do I want to do that? <laughs> I refuse to start a single Broncos offensive player. Yeah, it's the... Uh, all-around terrible. Except maybe, I, I think... In in PPR, I think Dolchich and Judy are reasonable, especially Dolchich, just because like you're getting a tight end who's getting five catches in fifty yards, like that. Yeah, could very well be third best on the week any given week. <laughs> um, and then Judy, so I saw this hilarious thing about like he's been so good against man this year, but <laughs> it just doesn't matter. So. I'm I'm in a league where it's full PPR and I'm like in a situation where I kind of have to start Judy. I'm like, do I start Judy? Do I start like Gus? Like, what do I do? <laughs> so I'm like, I'll probably start Judy there because it's full PPR. Yeah. Because I think he can get like six for fifty or something maybe. But that the Chiefs defense is completely healthy. They're yeah. Not missing anybody? What the fuck? This yeah, I feel like this might be the uh, you always talk about the Spagnola defense is taking a while. This seems like the <laughs> the light switch game, maybe, where yeah, the Denver game kind of gets them right. It literally does take about 13, 14 Woo! weeks. It's not an exaggeration. It's like every year with spags. And it does turn around, and then it's fine. It's very good. But they're not missing anyone. They have Carl Aftis, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Willie Gay is in. Uh, they have McDuffie back at corner and Sneed. Juan Thornhill's back at free safety. All these guys were missing at points during the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, this is a, uh, Kansas city cover for me and I'm not taking any Bronco. Yeah. They haven't really had, uh, like Willie Gay and Frank Clark have only played like maybe like one game together. I feel like maybe more, but like they both got <laughs> suspended at different points and like they did not overlap at all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're, they're healthy right now. Aside from like Tony, it's a healthy team. Um, I, don't like attacking Denver defense just because they're really good. Isaiah Pacheco here should get a lot of carries. 
So it's not like a love, but it's a thing where, okay, like this defense is going to get worn down enough or if this guy's getting 20 carries, he's viable as a running back because that's the threshold pretty much. So he's someone like, and again, in our league, I'll probably have to play him this week because of buys. So, and if Barkley's out too. So yeah, but yeah, Kansas City should win this. I, I don't expect like, you know, five touchdown eruption, but I'm not going to put it out of the question because like, what if Denver's just utterly dejected? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope he has a great game. I would love yeah. to see them just destroy Denver. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Obviously, you're playing Kelsey, but I don't know if this is one of the weeks where I want to, like, go to Doo or something like that if I've got, like, some other options, potentially. So, we've got Carolina at Seattle up next in the battle of um, career backups, I guess I'll say. Although, G- Gino's making his case to be a starter for a couple more years at least for seattle so yeah they're seven and five everyone thought they were gonna be terrible this year myself included (laughs) myself very much included. (laughs) i think everybody i said they they were tanking yeah i thought it was like they were number one draft pick status which they might get a good draft pick from the from the broncos they are going to currently (laughs) get a very good draft pick that's hilarious like three of like the top five right now are traded which is hilarious uh you fucked up, Denver. Yeah, so this game, we both have Seattle. The total is 45.5. Seattle's favored by 3.5. Uh, whenever it's Seattle, the obvious thing is always the uh, Geno, Lockett, DK stack. That's pretty much always in play here. The uh, The big thing for Seattle is the running back injuries. I don't think Walker or DJ Dallas play. I'll be real honest. They've not practiced all week. There's no reason to push it, especially with Walker. So... I'm guessing yeah, he's a game day decision. I feel like they should just hold him out. It's an they said he jammed his the the Seahawks say the weirdest fucking shit with injuries. <laughs> it's never he like jammed his a ankle. normal medical injury. It's like yeah. I jammed it. He's got a stone think, in there. I think Pete Carroll like says whatever comes to his mind about like how he describes <laughs> what it looked like, and that's just what they go with, and that's it. So I don't I don't think either of them play. So I like I'm not banking on having Walker this week in leagues I've got him. So and this the Carolina defense is like kinda good. It's the it problem's been their offense. Their run their run defense has been pretty tough lately too. Um so with that, I think they might because uh, so they've got Homer and Tony Jones Jr. on the roster right now. Where Homer, I think, assuming this guy's sit, could be a PBR stream because he's like their pass catcher guy. But I think he and Tony Jones end up kind of splitting and they'll probably elevate like uh, Godwin, uh, Iguabuke, or like Gallman from the practice squad. So it's going to be kind of gross there. We're at, we're at the point where I think it's just go go the pass stack probably is where I'm at with it. And then uh, Littleton and Woods are questionable for Carolina as well. So Dante Foreman is the player I'm looking at on Carolina here. Seattle's run D's been struggle bussing. Um, there's not a tight end I want to go for on Carolina here. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to try to find a Tommy trouble week. So I'm just going to attack the run D and Dante's healthy. He got a lot of carries last week. He's kind of flying under the radar cause he was on the injury report, but I kind of like him this week. Yeah. I'm not even entirely sure. Like I picked Seattle and I'm kind of wavering on that cause the Panthers defense has really gotten a lot better. Um, and that like the Seahawks have been doing well against good defenses. Don't get me wrong, but if their defense is playing well and the Panthers have, you know, 
Dante Foreman is doing well, and they have Darnold, who's actually been okay. Like, for now. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate it. I Like, Seattle's defense, I guess they have Tariq Woolen, who's been an interception machine. Yeah, he's got to pick off Darnold, right? I was about to say, like, he's, he's got to get a fake. <laughs> I've been begging on that one. This is going to be an interesting game. I don't think uh, there will be a clear... Uh, a clear winner until it's over yeah with with this when i was making my pick on seattle i know we talk a lot about head coach quarterback and <laughs> if i'm gonna take a side on this it's gonna be carol and gino over uh is it willicks right in darnold so yeah. and i think just having the dk and locket aspect is enough for me to be like okay like if if this is a terrible 13 13 game i think that DK and Lockett could be a difference on a final drive to make it work. Yeah, and I, I'll take that because I do think Metcalf is going to play. He's questionable, but I think. He oh yeah, I, I assumed he was. Um, yeah. If if Metcalf were to sit, I would probably take. Yeah, I was. I'm looking through the practice reports on if like what he's practicing. Something. It's like <laughs> Pete, It's like we just said. Pete Carroll's just like, yeah, he's probably going to play. He's fine. Yeah, he so he practiced Thursday limited, but didn't practice Friday. So I'm I'm wondering if that was like planned rest. But this is a light window game, so like I guess keep it open. But I, I think they, I think probably he'll be playing. yeah. They said he's in line to play. That's yeah, Ke- yeah. Pete said last night, so he'll probably go. He'll probably go. He might have tweaked his dinkle or something. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever they're gonna say. <laughs> but, he tweaked his dinkle, his his plumbus. <laughs> Your bipolar plumbus. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we've got uh, Tampa at San Fran next, uh, capping off this main slate of games here. We've got San Fran. Tampa is missing Edwards still in the secondary. They're missing Winfield. And they're missing Tristan Wirth, which is probably the most important injury of these three. Oh, yeah. Um, they should have Sean Murphy bunting back, and then Akeem Hicks is pretty questionable. I think he might be closer to doubtful personally. I'll check and see if we've got anything new, but he was questionable with no practice, so I feel like he sits. Um, Fournette's actually very questionable, too. He like sounded like it kind of went back a bit because he practiced. Again, it's the limited Thursday, didn't Friday, but his sounded a little more like ominous. So, again, a late window where it could open up a lot for Rashad White. And then um, on San Fran, uh, Bosa was questionable. So keep an eye on him. He, I don't think he's practiced this week. So and it's a hammy. So that's a, I th- that's like it's a, a legit questionable. So he actually might not play. Yeah. But either way, big mismatch for this uh, for this line here. This is a tough game because we get Brock Purdy, uh, Mr. Rowan. Yeah, he actually looks a lot like Harbaugh in this picture <laughs> uh john harbaugh like very young john harbaugh hmm it's funny what uh, uh i was looking back through the purdy eval and i like i was cracking up at your thing about him looking like matt ryan glued to the ground because i watched it's <laughs> just such a statue <laughs> yep. oh my gosh but we did evaluate him yeah uh he did not fly under our radar sirs <laughs> uh, <laughs> their team is perfectly designed that you can put anybody who can complete passes in and the offense will go 
Hey, five-yard pass to McCaffrey. Oh, look, a touchdown. Five-yard pass to Debo. Oh, look, touchdown. Five-yard pass to Kittle. Oh, look, touchdown. Like, it's... You got three guys that can do that. They're yak monsters. And then you also have Ayuk, who uh, has a really big catch radius and jump down the field and get it. Their line is healthy. I think I'm taking the Niners with Brock Purdy. Yeah, which is kind of funny to think about. Brock know, Purdy Tom Brady. and Tim Brady. <laughs> is is Brock Purdy Purdy or is, is Tom Brady just Purdy? <laughs> uh, he looked pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> I admire Purdy there. Um, Purdy. So one of the things I was looking at with San Fran, this is kind of, this is a DFS thing. Their prices are really low this week. Uh, Debo is six one on DraftKings. Um, Ayuk's five eight, which is uh, you know not too low for him. Kittle's four three. What? So Kit- Kittle and Debo are like stupid cheap on DraftKings. McCaffrey's eight five, which is must have been the running back, but probably cheap for him. And then on uh, Super Draft, we got the. The full 1.7 for Brock Purdy as well, if you want to do that there. I don't know what he is on DraftKings. He is. Uh, he's he's 5-1, so not, not as juicy on DraftKings there. But I think you could run, like, a good mini stack out of it, you know. Is it, I mean, Kittle shouldn't be that cheap. I know he's going to be blocking, but they have no safeties. Yeah. Tampa. Like, you could go Kittle, Debo, and, like, Godwin. Who I, I, I like Godwin in this game going to, to that. Um the San Fran secondary is really bad. And so <laughs> the problem is like the pressure aspect of it. And so if I'm thinking like, hey, like they're going to be open, but it needs to be quick. Like that's Godwin for me. So obviously love Mike Evans in general, but you can do a Godwin Debo Kittle stack for 16, 15, 17, for 17, one total on DraftKings. So yeah, it's really cheap. That's a nice mini. Like you can add in Brock Purdy for five one and like do the full cheap stack, or you can go elsewhere and just make that like a mini stack. So, yeah. One thing I've neat. noticed in watching the Niners this year is that a lot of times the game is fairly close until the last eight minutes, and then it's just a they just dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do that. Like whatever that one game was, where we're like, why aren't they winning? And then all of a sudden they just took over and, and dog just like destroyed. Yeah, I'm kind hoping of that's what we get here, and kind of a middling performance altogether. You know, with Brock Purdy and then all the injuries in Tampa, you know, no Tristan Wirfs. Maybe it's not really that great of a game for about three quarters, and then the end there, maybe we just see a Niners beat down. Which I would love. I hope there's a play so they can just beat down on Brady and the Bucks here. You know, that'd be wonderful. So, um, I will say, though, even uh, though this is a really bad run matchup, if Fournette sits and we get Rashad White, like he's still a great option because of how much Brady throws to the running back. So for sure, it's definitely an important one. But yeah, the and same like on the other side too, like McCaffrey, like bad run matchup, but Purdy peppered him, so he know <laughs> he knows the throw to McCaffrey. Like that's enough. And there like we go. he, yeah, the 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 mental's there for him. Like his football IQ is solid. It's just like he's not that mobile. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but. We've got the Sunday night game next, which potential game of the week, or at least like fantasy explosion-wise game of the week maybe, uh, with Miami and the Chargers. They flexed this in. I forget much when they pulled out. Um, so, yeah, we've got Miami here. Both of us do. The total is 53.5. Miami favored by 3.5. And, a half. and I think the, the over. Yeah, the Chargers injury report is a factor why probably because this was like 51.5 when I did this like two days ago. And it's up two points already because the Chargers, 
They will have Mike Williams back, and then they're going to be presumably missing uh, Callahan, Derwin James, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Trey Pipkins. Uh, the first three are very key defensive players. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be uh, a tough time for them on defense today or on Sunday. Yeah, no Derwin James, so no box, no stacked box there. Joseph Day is kind of like their best uh, front D lineman, so that's pretty big. That's less pressure on Tua. You might get some one-on-ones with Tua going to Tyreek and Waddle. Like, there's a there's a lot of offensive potential in this game, so I understand why the total's so high. And I'm still taking the over because I just want to see fireworks. The Chargers tend to play up and down to whoever they're playing. So if Tua and, you know, Reek and Waddle are just clicking, like, you're going to start seeing that back and forth as well. Yeah, and then... uh like having Michael Lays back will make that so much easier for them too. Yep. He'll come back and crush for a game before he hurts himself again, you know. So, I didn't write specific players in this game just because of how good the total is. Like Miami, you know, the obvious guys. I think the main things to talk about is like Gasicki and the running backs here, because like last week they did nothing running and the offense just struggled a lot. But that was San Fran. This is the Chargers. I think it's kind of a lot different. We might see. A little more, little more Jeff Wilson action again. We definitely should, because the Chargers' run D has been pretty weak. Yeah, that's that. That's the path to the under. Is like Miami goes like game control with the running backs, but I, I, I feel like it's more likely it pops off. Yeah, and then uh, Derb Smythe is out. Uh, oh, sorry, he's questionable. My bad. He's questionable. Um, Miami might have their guard back and Eichenberg as well. They won't have uh, River Craft if that matters. And then, yeah, Smythe and Armstead and Teddy are questionable. I was going to bring up Gasicki, um, and that'll be, it'll be even better if Smythe is, ends up out. But um, with no Derwin James in a weakened defense and a potential shootout, I think Gasicki is kind of interesting. If you like, This will be a showdown game, too, so that might be a fun point to go because like there's the obvious two of Requaddle. But what what's after that? And, like, I feel like a lot of people will default to Sherfield, but I think I think Gasecki could be an interesting option, like secondary wise there, like secondary receiving option wise. This is um, some of these matchups are starting to intrigue me a bit. So like, <laughs> Dolphins went and got Bradley Chubb. He's probably going to be lining up over the backup right tackle for the Chargers, so that's bad. And then I also, you know, they. Their safeties and their secondaries healthy, so they have Eric Rowe. That Javon Holland is the guy I'm mostly looking at because yeah, he's, he's been, been very good. good. So I think he'll probably be in double teams against Mike Williams, if I had to guess. That makes sense. So Keenan Allen, Keenan uh, Allen. honestly, maybe maybe just Austin Eckler week. That's uh, I feel like that's the big thing, right? Austin Eckler week between like any pressure dump offs and just him having open spots with the secondary being occupied with receivers like that seems like a good option yeah. to me and i'm wondering if if gerald everett is gonna have to be a blocker or i feel like if he'll be able they, to get uh, free a little bit i'm trying to remember if i thought they had a second tight then they used for that but they've had I a lot of mckitty is a good blocker i'll have to dig into that one but because they've got everett mckitty rich i think richard rogers they might use a lot blocking but he's i think he's out or questionable or doubtful he's questionable yeah so that could be kind of interesting. Let me look at the snap counts. The snap counts are usually the way to tell with tight end. Like, you know, you can go dig in on PFF and look for like the blocking, 
snaps this, this, and that, but like usually the, the snap counts will give it away. Um, uh, Stone Smart has been Stone playing some, Smart. so he that's that that's a blocking tight end name if I've ever heard one. Dude, his head <laughs> is huge. How smart is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, they they mostly go one tight end, so I guess it'll probably be uh, Everett blocking a good amount, I guess, if they have to. But I think they would just lean to quick passes to him and Everett, or sorry, him and Eckler. Eckler and Everett, that's a tough one, huh? But, yeah, I think Everett's probably been their main blocker looking in. Uh, yeah, so. So, yeah, he might have to block a little bit. I'm getting more and more on the Miami train. I already had picked them, but I'm getting more and more. Yeah, this will be a fun game, though, for sure. Oh, yeah, this will be great. Yeah, definitely better than the Monday night game, I think. Uh, we can go to Arizona, where we both have Arizona, and it was tough, um, but I think the main thing we both settled on was mobile quarterbacks kind of give the Patriots some problems. Always so, have. Yeah, and then they're off the bye, right? So uh, Yeah. And then they have Hopkins, they have Hollywood. Like They've got, um, I don't know if they'll have Rondale Moore. So this is the Monday game. And we do not have, this last I checked, didn't have all the info from Saturday practices because... Essentially, like, the the Friday report is sort of like the Thursday report. So, we've got uh, Isaiah Wynn and Mills questionable. Jacoby Myers and Damian Harris questionable. Those guys all didn't practice Friday. So, we'll need the today reports for that. Um, Jacoby's was a uh, concussion protocol one. So, that's the one that's a little tougher, I'd say. Um, and Damian Harris, keep an eye on him. Because I don't... Did he play last week? I forget. Um so like if he if he misses that makes things a lot more for Ramondre, but I think that would hurt the Patriots a lot because their path to winning, I think, yeah, he didn't play against Buffalo. Uh, Damon Harris didn't would be the run game, like just taking off and keeping the ball away and making the Arizona press and fuck up. And the run defense has been worse in their past. Um, although the uh, Byron Murphy's questionable, so his presence would be a huge part of that. And then Rondell Moore, and then. Coward, their guard, are all questionable again with their Friday practice, but of course, you know, still need to wait and see on that one. So, so some key questionables here. Yeah, they've got, their line is pretty beat up. That's not good. And yeah, the Arizona line is hurt so badly. That's that's my concern on that is like... Oh god, they have three backups. Yeah, because okay, so the New England defense is better than it should be which is kind of, I guess, a Bill staple in a way. Um, oh, yeah. So, and they've been getting pretty good pressure. Actually, they're one of the better pressure teams in the league. Oh, definitely. Judon's so, been doing really well for them. Yeah, he's been amazing this year. Let me look. Um, I want to say they are second behind Dallas. Yeah. So Dallas is at 29.3. Pats are at 27.5. Um, the Giants are actually at 24.8. But the Giants also blitz a ton. So... The Patriots and Cowboys blitz about the same amount of time, around 27%. So, yeah, the, the, the Pats are getting a lot of pressure. So, yeah, I, they're not going to have, they're probably not going to blitz Kyler at all. If I had they shouldn't. They, yeah, they really shouldn't. And they're going to be able to get pressure with probably like three guys. Yeah, I think they will go with like interior blitzes because that's, that's how you beat Kyler. And that's kind of been like an issue for like Lamar too. Um, like these quarterbacks that are like agile, like swift and quick and fast, who can like, you think you have them and all of a sudden they're like five yards away and they fucking teleport. You're like, how they get there? 
the way you beat them is interior pressure, like getting to them like before they can react more or less. Because like if you if you get if you come from the outside on them, they can just outrun you. Like, you know, straight line, like you're both running the same angle. When you're coming interior, they have to like take the they they basically have to avoid your pursuit angle, which makes it a lot different. Um and that we've seen several times where Kyler especially will just like ragdoll collapse when there's interior pressure. So Lamar Lamar's gotten better at it, and that's I brought him up in the sense of like the the room for improvement is like just like how your pocket presence has to get better on that, and like you have to be a little more ready for it, and not have the big thing is like not trying to like uh, instantly escape all the way. It's like being willing to like escape a little bit. So yeah, if if the if the Patriots can get like a lot of interior pressure, then it's gonna be a problem. Yeah, I'm a little worried. Little worried. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking through like some pressure matchups and stuff I've got, and it's not like it doesn't come out too bad. The worst pressure matchups this week are uh, Houston's, uh, the Giants, and then Denver. Worst running matchups are Jacksonville, Tampa, and the Jets. Actually, the best running matchup is of course Dallas, uh, <laughs> with uh, with Houston there. But no no absurdly good run matchups this week because because Green Bay's not on the chart. You know they're always yeah. giving me. <laughs> the them in Chicago, a lot, a lot of like the really attackable defenses are not on the on the slate this week. Ugh, rats. Um, for Arizona, um, between Hollywood and and uh, Hopkins, who are you leading here? I... Curious if we have the same take. Well, so I imagine that Hopkins is going to be held. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's kind of how Bill Belichick's secondaries work. Um, yeah. So. I'm not saying I don't like Hopkins, but I do think he's going to be getting a lot of uh, calls like that'll help move the chains. But yeah. in terms of fantasy, I might want more Marquise Brown. Yeah, I'm thinking about like, you know, the New England defense in general and a lot of the holding calls and or attention on Hopkins versus the speed of Hollywood might kind of be the more likely to accrue fantasy points route potentially. Yeah. But... They're both gonna get held a bunch. <laughs> I hate this. No one. Yeah. England's a favorite. I really hope Arizona upsets them. Yeah, this is not like a. This is not a pretty game. No. Some some of the injury news will be huge for sure because like the guys that are questionable are super important. So. Eh, yeah. Gross. The, the the although I will say like this the games like this are some of my favorite showdowns because uh, see the super draft showdowns always go best for me when the games are disgusting. Like, uh, also, uh, what, this is just a, I guess, sort of like a closing segue. Um, as far as our website articles go, they're kind of sporadic because they don't have like a, like a firm content schedule and like, you know, are both at work and busy. So it's more of like a, whenever we can like fit the articles in. But the one I wrote about the, the Bill's Pats, um, I pretty much outlined how I thought the game would go in my DFS stuff. And then I ended up making like, you know. That was like my, my $3,000 win on DraftKings that night, basically off an article. And then like previously, like I had one about like a San Fran game. I think it was. Um, and I pretty much wrote about that game and did what I wrote and won the tournament on super draft. And then All right. um, this past, I didn't get, to, I didn't get to finish my article this past week um, for the Bucks Saints, but I won that one too. I like started it and then 
didn't get the chance to finish it and i'm like dang i wish i finished that because i was that was it that was the nuts so these these like gross games on super draft where you can like hit those high multipliers are like the way to go there and like taking those shots and this past week if uh the quarterback situation had been a little less ambiguous i think it would have gone better for me the other night because i was like man i was hoping i could at least hit on that because the raiders made me sad but alas um but with that thank you for tuning in um like i said you can find us online the articles at miles and the muscle.com i'll try to get better about like tweeting out the stuff so that i don't like have to have it all in long form in case i don't finish it you know that might be a little more uh effective so but Glad, glad to be back this week with both of us here. Um, we'll hopefully be back the following week. And then the, the one after that's a Christmas one. So that one might have to get kind of weird schedule-wise or be like a few days early with a lot of like, if this guy's and that guy's. So we'll see on that. But uh, in the meantime, thank you for tuning in and we will be back soon.